Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to episode nine. For those that don't know, um, growing up in hockey, my number has always been number nine. So this episode is quite special to me. So let's get to it. In this episode, I will be talking about Tom Brady. The second topic will be about equality and equity. And then the final topic is when I will get fact-checked. So, let's jump right in. You see, Tom Brady really irritates the left. Tom Brady frustrates the people in charge. Tom Brady is openly known as a Trump supporter. He came into a football game this past Sunday not wearing a mask, but was probably already tested for the virus, so why that was such a big deal the left brought up, I don't know. And... The thing that bothers the BOM activists the most is that, in their own words, is that Tom Brady resembles racism. Now, what quarterback in the history of the NFL has done the things or even come close to that Tom Brady has done? Maybe John Elway? I believe he lost three out of four Super Bowls before winning back-to-back Super Bowls. Terry Bradshaw, if I'm correct, Terry won four Super Bowls, but not even in the same light as Brady. So when Tom Brady starts to get called the greatest athlete of all time, racist, there's no accomplishment in all of sports except maybe Tiger Woods. Oh, by the way, he's black. Winning as many Masters as Woods has won as Brady has won Super Bowls. Don't get me wrong. Montana was great but wasn't even in the same ecosystem as Brady. It's not even close. And yet, Colin Kaepernick, who has won, that's right, zero Super Bowls. I'll repeat that, zero Super Bowls. The only Super Bowl he was in was the Harbaugh Bowl. Remember that? The two Harbaugh brothers playing against each other, Ravens, 49ers, and Colin Kaepernick lost. Colin Kaepernick, who happened to be trending on Twitter recently because BLM activists can't stand the fact that someone who has discipline, who works harder, never allows the media to represent misrepresent him, goes to one franchise to another in the middle of a pandemic, going into a new offensive coordinator, a new system, a new Tampa Bay team, which weren't even close to making the playoffs the season prior. When they had Squints, Jameis Winston as a quarterback, the failed quarterback from Florida State University and who was a Heisman winner, drafted top five, but not a great quarterback. They were 7-9 last year. So Brady takes a 7-9 team and leads them to win a Super Bowl for his seventh Super Bowl win. Now, if I were to list the greatest quarterbacks of all time, some people would bring up Brett Favre. You know how many Super Bowls Brett Favre won? One. They might also bring up Aaron Rodgers. You know how many Super Bowls Aaron Rodgers has won? One. You know how many Super Bowls Peyton Manning has won? Two. To realize the idea that how amazing the accomplishment what Brady proved the other night, he now has more championships than Michael Jordan, who won six NBA championships in the 90s, won three straight 
took a break for baseball, came back to the NBA and won three straight again. So Brady has seven, which football is considered one of the hardest sports to win more than one championships. It's brutal on your body. It's difficult to get on a team that's even competitive. And I'm not trying to diminish basketball difficulty at all. And so what's the response from the activist class on Twitter? It's racist to call Brady one of the greatest athletes of all, all time. Well, actually, you're the racist for continually trying to find race and controversy where it doesn't exist. This is a much deeper and troubling point. I want to get into deeper about what we're looking at. Because of the incentive structure of digital social media, this irresistible urge by the activist class to destroy anything successful that presents itself in front of you, not to um, encourage, celebrate, but if you see any form of success, there must be something wrong with that. They must be a reason to undermine it, or they must be cheating, or they must be a racist. And that cultural trend is very troubling because maybe some people are able to achieve success by doing, I don't know, the good things in life, working harder, applying yourself, applying better strategy, or just being the better athlete. When an athlete, musician, or politician achieves some sort of success, that person might not hold the ideological or political viewpoint that you prefer but for the activist class's first move is to destroy or delegitimize that person then we have a culture that has been created that anyone who succeeds or is successful that there must be something wrong with that person so let's take them down and that's something that we're seeing a lot from social media nowadays, and they're making this impact on teenagers now. And we are seeing this done by college professors, and they're impacting college students that are in college right now. So this is a very troubling way of trying to represent success. And it could go down a very dark road in the future. So I wanted to cover this because the Biden administration decided it would be a good idea, again, to start committing racial equity, not equality, but they wanted to change the name to equity. Now, the left does this all the time. They throw out a term like racial equity because they know nobody's going to be on the other side of that. Like, who doesn't want equity and equality? But this time, it's not exactly what they've done before. This time, they're promoting racial division in the country. So Jason Riley, who is a journalist, wrote an interesting article the other day on the piece. The article describes how government, especially Biden, pushing for racial equity and racial equality is really pushing for racial inequality and creating more division. Riley said, quote, 
Similarity blacks were joining middle-class professions at a much faster pace in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s than they would have after affirmative action programs were implemented in the 1970s. In fact, we now have evidence that suggests racial preferences have not only been ineffective at helping the black poor, but also counterproductive. After the University of California system ended race-conscious administration policies in 1996, black and Hispanic graduation rates rose dramatically, end quote. So Riley's premise is that Biden's move back from the Martin Luther King vision of a society blind to race and judging people on character, the Biden vision where we judge people on race and completely ignore their character, will actually lead to more division and more damage in the minority community. So the claim I'm trying to preach is claiming we want a goal that we all believe in, right? Racial equality, hopefully, right? We all believe in that because I know I do. We don't like to see inequality. It's a marvelous thing to try to achieve a society where everyone can get to some point of prosperity. That's a great golden vision in my belief. So the other day I read an article in the Wall Street Journal where it kind of points out how you can claim you're a liberal and you want racial equality and then try to enact policies which do the exact opposite. The Wall Street Journal said this. Inequity for Asian Americans in practice, Biden bars the phrase Wuhan virus but favors racial preferences at Yale. Isn't that weird, guys? So liberals claim they want racial equality and racial equity. But what's weird is this was a very solid legal case against Yale University. That Yale was alleged in college or alleged discriminating against Asian Americans. And the evidence was there that Asians Americans had to score higher SATs and college entry exams substantially higher than both white and black Americans to get into Yale. I mean, the numbers are devastating. Well, Biden dropped that case. Why is that? I seriously wonder why. And I'm just asking you from a common sense terms, right? In a race neutral society where we judge people on character, which I thought we wanted, which is certainly what I want. In a race neutral society, why is it that Asian Americans have to work substantially harder to get the same opportunities as white and black Americans? Why is that? So in your efforts to use government policy and affirmative action to promote minority groups, black and Hispanic Americans to get into colleges, you're actually treating Amer Asian Americans, another minority group, in a discriminatory, unequal fashion? Like, does that sound fair to you guys? Really weird how the processes Biden is pushing now, the processes are actually pushing for discrimination and unequal treatment. The way to create a fair justice society is to focus like a laser on eliminating obstacles that stand in the way for people's success putting aside their race or country of origin. I thought that was the obvious.
Welcome back, everybody. We're going to jump into the fact-checking segment of this episode, wherever I have Zach right next to me. How you doing, bud? Doing great. So um, as I start talking, Zach's going to be fact-checking what I say. The things I'll be talking about are things that Donald Trump and his administration accomplished throughout his terms, or his terms, term. But until we get into it, um, I'd like to, until we have real sponsors, today's show is brought to you by our fake sponsor, Knee Pads and Pee Pads, Kamala and Joe 2020. So, um, yeah. <laughs> that being said, let's jump into me getting fact checked. You ready? I'm ready, man. I'm Alrighty. ready. So let's do this. All righty. On November 25th in 2019... President Trump signed the law making crudality to animals a federal felony so animal abusers would face tougher penalties. This law was the Federal Animal Crudality Bill. And I'm sure, I'll ask you, Zach, don't you think that sounds pretty good? It does. I mean, who would ever agree that animal crudality should be allowed? It's sick people that only do that and think that it should be allowed. Sick bastards. Well, Trump did sign a bill that made it a federal felony. Um, with that being said, he even asked himself, why hasn't this happened before? On top of that, he said, is it, important, it is important that we combat these heinous and sadistic acts of cruelty. There you have it. That's actually a big thing he did. Oh, yeah, that's wise words from a wise man right there. I mean, look at... The way animals do get treated, left on the streets, beat the hell, used in animal fighting. Yeah, it's a great thing. All righty, next one. On October 5th in 2018, Trump approved an act require, requiring airports to provide public location restrooms. And as in what I mean by this, he provided spaces for breastfeeding mothers. So it gives them privacy, which I think is also another good thing. I mean, if you're brand new or if you have a newborn and you're traveling, I mean, that time that baby's going to get hungry, and that, that, that time might be whenever you're at the airport. So for him doing that, that gives um, moms easy access to be able to feed their child. So that's another amazing accomplishment, I think. Oh, most definitely. And according here to the U.S. Breastfeeding Committee, major airports across the country are now required to provide clean private spaces for nursing mothers. Uh, the measure was included in the five-year reauthorization of the Federal Aviation Administration that President Trump did sign on October 5th. Mm. So the next one isn't a date, Zach, but whenever Donald Trump got into office, he... um. Appointedly or op appointed five openly gay U.S. ambassadors. He ran on a pro-gay platform from the moment he took office. He has had he has then appointed five at least five gay ambassadors to represent the United States ab abroad. So I think that's another thing. I mean, everyone's saying how the LGBTQ group is against Trump, but I mean, he's helping that group out by doing what he did. I mean, he got attention for it, so I don't really understand why he's still talked down so frontally upon in that group, but I think that's a great accomplishment for people that didn't know that now to know. Oh, yeah, I mean, he did acquire five of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender 
or I guess otherwise part of the LGBT community, if you want to be literal. Mm-hmm. Um, the list of the ambassadors. Well, I have is, to be literal, Zach, whenever I'm fact checking. Well, liberals. Well, yeah. Well, here's what he did accomplish. Here are the five. Okay. All right. Richard Grenell, Randy Berry, Eric Nelson, Jeff Daigle, and Robert Gilchrist. Um, each one of those being on April 26th of 2018, May 10th of 2018, August 23rd of 2018, May 29th of 2019, and July 22nd of 2019. Yeah, that's a great thing I think that he's done. So next one. All right, Zach. On October 13th in 2018, Donald Trump signed and approved the Save Our Sea Act. This bill provided provides $10 million per year of cleaning our oceans from tons of plastic and garbage, in which I absolutely love this. As someone that likes to go fishing, as someone, as I think I said before, that used to take used to do Earth Club in um, elementary school, we had to take care of our planet. And he set up funding for jo- creating jobs to, for people to clean our ocean, which is amazing. Well... From here, what I, from what I can tell here, um, between the Mueller report and the efforts to undo the Affordable Care Act, uh, President Trump said it was said that he did sign a legislation to clean up millions of tons of trash, but that was from a Facebook article published on March twenty first of twenty nineteen. Uh, the post was flagged as part of Facebook's efforts to combat false news and misinformation on its news feed. Oh, of course, which then Facebook definitely started to move into it and attack that. Yeah, of course, fake book. I love calling them that now. That's what they are. Oh, here's one that I really want to bring up. On December 19th in 2019, Trump increased funding for historical black colleges and universities, which when I keep talking about this, I'll just start referring to them as HBQU because that's the abbreviation for it. But on that date, he provided more than $250 million a year to the to um, HBCU, along with dozens of other institutions that serve large shares of minority students. And I think that's awesome. I mean, a lot of people were saying, or they were saying that, they're saying now they want to cancel student loan debt. Well, Donald Trump helped with that for the HBQ or HBCU community or locations. So that's a great thing. What did you pull up on that? Uh, it says that President Trump did sign a bipartisan bill that will permanently provide more than $250 million a year to the nation's historically black colleges and universities, along with dozens of other institutions that serve large shares of minority students. Um. Trump did say, though, too, the black schools have never had better champions in the White House. And, I mean, just because of that doesn't mean that they, you know, mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah. So, Trump received the Bipartisan Justice Award on October 25th in 2019. And he was given to it at a HBCU school. For his role in advocating for criminal justice reform. So that's amazing, which I don't think a lot of people might have known, but that's a great accomplishment of his, in my opinion. Did you find anything on that? Yeah, I mean, it's 
right here in front of me. Yeah. Let's see. What's another good one I can say? Ah, in 2018, this was a big one that he was um running or campaigning for in 2016. But in 2018, Immigration and Customs Enforcement Homeland Security inve- investigations arrested almost 1,600 criminals associated with human trafficking and identified 325 victims. Homeland Security also hired more victim assistance specialists, helping ensure that victims have the proper resources and support. So he's literally fighting the end human trafficking, which is something I definitely don't like. I've said in previous episodes and have been preaching for a while. We need to focus on that more rather than focus on other things that the mainstream media is liking to focus on, like the impeachment trial, which is an absolute joke. Um, so from what I found, um, fact checkers have listed that that is fake, um, that he has been working hard to be against it, you know, to like put more of a fight on it. What about the criminals arrested though? Like those numbers, those statistics of like, I mean, I can't find anything on the numbers, but even if they did have those numbers, I mean, it isn't solely based off of what Trump has done himself. You know, it could be based off what the Homeland Security officers do as as themselves. Yeah. Well, I'm sure whenever I bring up some ICE things, maybe that these statistics will pop up for you then under that search. Here's one I know a lot of people did like. In December, on December 18th, 2019, Trump signed a bill allowing cheaper drugs from Canada to make USA prices more affordable. So he took another stab at the pharmaceutical industry, pushing to accept more affordable prescription drugs from Canada to drive down competitive costs for USA patients. So it made pharmaceutical medications cheaper for Americans, which pharmaceutical drugs was a problem. I mean, one addiction, which is separate, but the price of the medicine for some of these medicines are just through the roof. Well, yeah, I mean, that did that did go through. Um, it was in his final plan. He cleared the way for Florida and other states to implement a program bringing medications across the border. Now, despite the strong objections of drug makers and the Canadian government, they still managed to make that happen. Uh, but it, it's still, though, one of the biggest things is it doesn't allow uh, states to import biological drugs. So, like, drugs like insulin. Mm. And that's actually kind of important because that's what we struggle on the most. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely. And insulin prices were really high at one point. I know that. They still are. Yeah. Not as high, but. So the next one I'm bringing up was something that Donald Trump actually created history on. On December 20th in 2019, he launched our our sixth military branch, the Space Force. Zach, what do you think about Space Force? Why do you think he did it? What's your opinion on that? I mean, in the race to space, we've already done that once going against um, places like Russia mm-hmm. and uh, who else? The Chinese. Yeah. But to sit there and like create a whole nother military branch, I mean, that seems a little extreme considering the fact that, you know, my dad having personal experience down at NASA has only said that we're doing it to explore space war, not to have a war. Yeah, I, I, but if it's looking for government funding, 
then that's a little bit different, just to fund the space program again. So I guess what I'm about to say could be a conspiracy. I think the reason that he launched the Space Force is because maybe, I mean, with the knowledge the president get, gets to know once you're in office, I think it has something to do with, like, external life. Like, they have stuff in Area 51 that they've seen that they're not letting the public know, and they're expanding. Our, I don't know. Like, like I said, this could be a conspiracy but it could be like building our military up for something that we don't know that's out there, that the government knows. Yeah, I mean, you're right. So next one, I don't have a date for you, Zach, but this is this something I think that's important to share. Donald Trump signed three bills that affected the Native Americans. So the first bill, he gave compansion, compansion to the... Spokane tribe for the loss of their lands in the 1900s. The second bill was reauthorized funding for native language programs. And the third bill was he gave federal recognition to the Little Shell tribe of Chippewa Indians in Montana. In which I think that's awesome. I mean, Indians were the first pe- immigrants in America, not immigrants, but the first people in America. And Donald Trump is showing our um, first settlers of this great country companionship. And I think that's amazing. Well, with me coming from a Cherokee Indian heritage, I, I, can, I really do. I mean, granted, it doesn't benefit my tribe, but either way, I mean, still, what he's doing is actually amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So, another date, Zach. On April 11th, 2018, Donald Trump signed the FOSTA bill, F-O-S-T-A, targeting online sex trafficking. This bill gives federal and state prosecutors greater power to persuade, pursue websites that host sex trafficking ads, enabling victims and state attorney generals to file lawsuits against them. Again, he was attacking human trafficking and more than in a lot of cases throughout his term, which I think is great. We need to take control. Like, remember whenever people were trying to compare Donald Trump to um, that he was in lines with Epstein, Zach? Yeah. I mean, if he was really involved with that, why was he always attacking human sex trafficking during his term? You um, know, I mean, he's... I think he got. I think he knew stuff behind it. And I think once he had power, he wanted to end it. Oh, he. Ex- well, I mean, he definitely exposed them. I mean, he basically just removed the legal shield mm-hmm. for those websites, you know, because they would host ads like about sex trafficking. Right. But I'm just trying to say from like the other, like for someone that would try to say that Donald Trump's a ch- child molester. I mean, we don't sort of viewpoint. I mean, that they he, could he's say been, that, but we don't know that. And we don't know if he was actually like that. I mean, you can be. I'm the same by his acts throughout his term. It doesn't seem that he would be for part of that industry that Epstein was in. Well, here's where I will give it to other people. Like, the reason why they can think what they want is based off his past actions, he has said some stupid stuff. You know, don't get me wrong. But uh, basically what I'm saying, though, is you can't just go based off of the term he did have in office. If he did do something outside of office, then that's a whole other story that's still talking about the same man. I mean, right, but I'm just saying, I'm just giving out facts of what he did during office and 
I think facts tell better than fiction or oh, than benefit, stories. Benefiting the problem or be- contributing to the problem. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> so, next one is on March 12th in 2019, Donald Trump signed the biggest wilderness protection and conservation bill in a decade. The 1.3 million acres of federal land in California, Oregon, Utah, and New Mexico as wilderness, the highest level of protection in which logging, oil drilling, mining, and road building are banned. Which I absolutely love. Someone that loves going camping, going outdoors. This is awesome. And there would be some people that say, well, he also enabled the Keystone Pipeline. Well, that was going to make our oil cheaper, I believe. Also, so I mean, yeah, you have to give up land for that, but then he he saved land in other areas. So I mean, yeah, actually, that bill that you're talking about was called the Landmark Great American Outdoors Act. Mm-hmm. The good one. Let's see, which one should I? Ooh, this was one I like. On March fifth, in twenty nineteen. Trump issued an executive order providing transitioning veterans access to mental health treatment. So the executive order with the intention of preventing veteran suicide. The order gives veterans transitioning to civilian life access to mental health care, which I think is absolutely great. We should do, I mean, anything for our service members should be given to them Hands, hands, like for free, in my opinion. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, they should get anything that they request. Those are people that put their lives on the line and ruin their health in the process. Mm Mhm. So here's a good one for business. On June fourteenth, in twenty nineteen, Trump signed an order giving small businesses access to affordable health insurance for employees. He announced a new HRA rule giving employees cheaper health care options for their employees. Small businesses can now band together to purchase affordable insurance, which is great. I mean, you have smaller businesses where they could offer their employees benefits and health care options. That's going to make your employees want to stay around longer. And if you could get employees to stay long, around longer, then you're going to have a successful business. I mean... That's just common sense, I think. I mean, what's your take on that? I mean, most definitely. I mean, it, it all stems from the executive order that he signed back back in October that year, previous year, aimed at providing alternatives to the Affordable Care Act. Well, what he did the, with that is he bent that on dismantling. So basically, he took that into a far more consideration than he originally planned on you know he took it one step further which is actually awesome you know that's a that's a huge thing they did for our veterans yeah absolutely ah another human trafficking one so he launched an integrity integrity task force to combat human traffic human trafficking the task force consists of 19 departments and agencies which work tirelessly to prosecute traffickers, protect survivors, and prevent future crime. So again, 
he's preventing from all these sickening stuff happening that doesn't get brought up by the mainstream media, and I just think it's awesome. Also, another true fact. I mean, Trump is doing did really good things. Mm-hmm. Here's one that a lot of people would like. On August 13th in 2020, Trump brought peace to the Middle East. He broke the historic peace moment between Israel and the UA, UAE. I believe that stands for United Ara- Ara- Iranian... United Arab Emirates. Yep. So that's amazing because there was lots of trouble going on between all that. Um, we all know that he was working to dismantle the group ISIS and he killed two of their biggest leaders and they lost territory in the last village in Syria on March or I think it was in March, but it was in 2019. I know that. So ISIS was beginning to become a problem. Well, you haven't really took heard care of them. ISIS lately, have you? Yeah. Here's one I really like. On July 29th of 2019, Trump signed the 9-11 victim comprehension bill. And so, or he signed the bill into a law. And so the law permanently funds the police officers, firefighters, other first responders who suffered harm or were killed because of the 9-11 terrorist attack. And that's amazing. I mean, that day was a terrible day for us Americans. And the people that went in there and risked their lives to help those in need deserve deserve this, definitely. Well, most definitely, and he permanently he permanently made that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like those people and those families will always be taken care of by our government because I mean, the stuff that they had to go through personally and witness, and then to be there to take care of them and put their own lives on the lines. I mean, that's awesome. All right, so, Zach, I want you to look up the name Tony Pham, P-H-M. And if I'm correct, I believe in in 2020, Trump selected this man to be to lead ICE. And something that is interesting about Tony Pham is he's a refugee from Vietnam. His family came here in 1975. Is that is Tony Pham the guy who leads ICE right now still? Yes, he still is. Okay. Um, he actually, interesting fact about him, he fled Saigon to the U.S. in 1975 when he was two years old with his parents. Uh, but, yeah, he is, as of right now, is the interim director of immigration. Yep. And there are people that say, well, I don't like the Immigration Customs Enforcement Task Team. Which I mean, I, the man leading it is a guy who went from being a refugee to now leading it. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Is that's, I mean, everyone says, "Oh, he's a racist." Well, there's another re- another fact of how he's not racist. He's having a refugee lead the task team that's in charge of em- em- immigration and customs. So, it's just a great thing. Oh, let's see. Oh, here's one for jobs. In 2020, in January, he signed the USMCA agreement, paving the way for a job market boom. And so in this bill, or no, in this agreement, it was between Mexico and Canada, the biggest trade deal of all time, which covers more than $1.3 trillion 
dollars of commerce and brings manufacturing jobs to the United States. So again, creating more jobs, making the economy good for the United States. And um, yeah, how can you not want a good economy? A good economy makes the world go around. I mean, Trump, Trump did really good. Mm-hmm. And then the obvious ones that I always preach about is, I mean, black the lowest black unemployment rate I think ever. The lowest unemployment rate for women in 65 years. The highest Dow. Yeah, the highest Dow. Um, shoot, I mean, there's plenty others that we could probably go over. But, yeah. How do you feel about tomorrow the the impeachment trial starts? Uh, it's going to go nowhere. Yeah. You know, I'm actually excited to see the defense team. Is something that I was hoping that they would do, that they are doing, is Donald Trump's defense team is actually going to be showing videos of Democrats inciting violence throughout the months. I mean... And that'd be good. Maybe open people's eyes a little bit more than they already have started to. I mean, yeah, I don't even see how people can say he incited violence during his speech on January 6th before... People went to the Capitol because I've read the script. I don't know if you have, but he says clear in the script, go to the Capitol to peacefully protest. Peacefully and patriotically is the words he used. I mean, I don't think that's words of inciting uh, insurrection, but I guess we'll see how this will be interesting. It's going to be a long week with that, so... You're going to Florida. Are you excited, bud? Hey, it's the land of the free, baby. Yep, Florida's a good state. Florida's completely open. Yep. Don't got worry down there. Get out of this terrible weather up here. Oh, my gosh. If you guys could see now, it's snow all over the ground. It's icy. But yeah, I appreciate you fact-checking me, Zach. Of course. Thanks for having me on the show. Is there anything you want to let the viewers know or just you want to t- anything you want to talk about? Yeah, when you guys are whining and complaining in four years, just know that you guys did this to yourselves. (laughs) All right, buddy. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like this program, please be sure to like my Facebook page, The Goldberg Show. My Twitter account, at The Goldberg Show. And please follow and subscribe on Apple and Spotify platforms. If you have any questions or comments over this episode, feel free to email me at thegoldbergshow at yahoo.com. Again, thegoldbergshow at yahoo.com. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time.